So, based on this, do our in-laws fit into this definition? Do our in-laws fit into this definition? Or do the relatives of our wives fit into this definition? Is it from Silatul Arham to maintain the relationship with our wives' relatives? And for the wife to maintain a relationship with their husband's relatives? Is this from Silatul Arham? Who says yes? Raise your hands. Not half. Remember, half means, I don't know. Hi. Who says no? And what about the rest? Undecided. No vote. No vote. Tayyip. Let's, let's discuss this. We might go longer on our talk but, uh, today, but I really, this point we want to drive home because it's important. Barakallahu feekum. Uncle Azad, do I have your permission to stretch it a bit? I want to explain this point, okay? Let's look at the definition. We said the Sulatul Arham refers to maintaining relations with our relatives who are connected to us through lineage. Lineage means there's a blood bond. There's a blood bond here. Right? There's a blood bond. And the norm said we should look after that particular relationship. So is there a blood bond between our wives, relatives and us? Yes or no? No. So do they fall under the remit of Silatul Arham? No. Is or, or does our husband's relatives, our husband's relatives, are they considered to be blood to the wives? No. So do they fall under the remit of Silatul Arham? No. Is that clear? Is that clear? Tay, what about our in-laws? Father-in-law, mother-in-law? This is, a, this is the discussion. I'm sure everyone is cringing their fingers. They want to... This is what we want to know. Our in-laws, do they fall under the remit of Silatul Arham? Yes or no? Who says no? Yalla, who says no? A lot of you answered. Now your hands are down. Everyone is facing me. No one will see you. I will only see you. Raise your hands up. Who says no? It might be the correct answer. Raise your hands. When I said that, some hands went down into their pockets. Based on the definition, they do not fit. Based on this definition, they do not fit. Is there a blood relationship between a person and their father-in-law? Or a person and their mother-in-law? No. No. So look at the definition. The definition makes life easy for us. The definition makes life easy for us. And we said this definition has three components. Number one, they are our relatives. How? Through? Through lineage. Which means there's a blood relationship here. There's a blood relationship here. And what's the extent of the relatives that are connected to us through blood that we should look after? Those that the norm, the norm has told us to look after them. So we, 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 don't say, we don't say we look at whether they inherit from us or not. We don't say uh, whether they are our mahrams or not. No, we say as long as the norm has cited them as a blood relative that we should look after, the sharia will hold you accountable with regards to maintaining bonds of kinship with them. Clear? Clear, okay. Now, some of the scholars, they say that in-laws fall within the remit of maintaining 
family relations with or, or they, they fall under the remit of the instructions of the sharia that relate to maintaining family relations. Why? They say because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that from the signs of Allah is that He has created you from one, He has created you as spouses. Right? He has created you as spouses to one another. لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا So that you can take peace from one another and the husband can take contentment from his wife uh, more specifically. And that Allah has placed between you mawadda and rahma, love and mercy. So they say this love and mercy, this love and mercy brought the in-laws into the equation. This is what some of the scholars say. But based on our, our definition, this does not fit. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Based on our definition, this does not fit. However, however, this does not mean that we need to treat our in-laws as outlaws. This is not a ticket to treat your in-laws as outlaws because the sharia has also discussed maintaining relations with our, our in-laws, right? The sharia has discussed this. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the ayah that I just told you, That be with your wives in a manner that is considered, considered praiseworthy. That the norm considers praiseworthy. Does our norm not consider maintaining relations with our in-laws praiseworthy? Right? So maintaining relationship with your in-laws falls under the remit of this other ayah. You see, there's more than one way to skin a cat as they say. Right? So the sharia has dealt with everything. But the sharia is so perfect, it's placed everything in its section. Everything in its place. It's differentiated between the blood relative and and, and a relationship that you have which is not based on blood. Everything, the sharia is amazing in terms of prioritization. Prioritization. So the sin for not maintaining bonds of kinship is set. And the sin for not maintaining your relationship with your in-laws is also set. It's, there's a sin here and there's a sin there. So understand this. So a person who doesn't maintain relationships with the in-laws, they won't get the sin of of leaving Silatul Arham, leaving this concept of maintaining bonds of kinship. But they'll get the sin of not living with their wives in a way that is considered praiseworthy, as constituted by the norm. Is that understood? Tayyip. So this is important. And Rasulullah wasallam is the perfect example. Because Rasulullah wasallam used to look after the friends of Khadija radiallahu anha, after she passed away. Ponder. Take a moment and digest this. Digest this. He would look after the friends of Khadija radiallahu anha, whilst, after she passed away. So if this was the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then what must be the sunnah with the mother of your wife who is alive? If he looked after the friends, not mother, friends of his spouse who's deceased, radiallahu anha, and he sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then what do you think was his way with the mother of his spouse who was alive? Allahu Akbar. 
Allahu Akbar, right? So understand this. And this is found in the, in, in the sunnah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if there was a slaughter that took place, he would take some meat and, and instruct for this meat to be delivered to the friends of, of Khadija radiallahu anha. This was how he, he honored her radiallahu anha even after she passed away. So what must be the situation for the living mother of your living wife? Allahu Akbar. Right? So don't run away from your responsibilities. And also Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as is established in the hadith of Anas ibn Malik radiallahu an, and as, and this hadith is authentic and in the sahih, what did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say? Khayrukum, khayrukum li ahlihi, wa ana khayrukum li ahlihi. That the best of you is the one who is best to his wife. And I am the best of you all to my wives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those that follow the sunnah. Really, follow the sunnah. Today, unfortunately, we leave something because it's sunnah. Whilst the sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in, they practiced things because it was sunnah. Allahu Akbar. Not so today, we say, brother, it's sunnah, it's okay. The sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in, they practiced things because it was sunnah. This is why they were people of honor and izzah. And write this in gold. Yesterday I asked you to bring your gold pens. Write this in gold. And make it your Facebook status updates. MashaAllah, somebody is already updating his, his social network, huh? his Twitter or, or whatever it is. It's important. Write it and stick it on your fridge. For, you know, for those who are at home and on your office desk. For those who are at work. That the Sahaba practiced and act because it was Sunnah. Today we leave it because it is Sunnah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our mistakes and make us true followers, substantial followers of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ameen, ameen, ameen. Now, before we move on, on to Silatul Arham and just discussing in-laws and outlaws, inshallah our in-laws must always be in-laws, right? Never, they should never be outlaws. To teach us that we should not cut relations with them, we have another hadith, which is the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in Sahih al-Bukhari, where he said ﷺ, it is not permissible for a Muslim to forsake his brother for more than three days, his brother in Islam and his sister in Islam, for more than three days, each of them turning away from the other when they meet. The better of them is the first to greet the other with the salam. With the salam. So, alhamdulillah, I think we've covered that. And it was important that I did so. So nobody went home with, with confusion regarding their, their in-laws. Regarding their in-laws. In fact, today, subhanallah, the, the wars between uh, families and in-laws is so strife that the term in-laws today has negative consequences. Really. Really. It's become so negative. Or we have, it's, there's such a negative stigma that is attached to the term in-laws because of the many marriages that are in disarray because of the spouses not looking after their in-laws. And wallahi, it should be common sense in our lives, this whole concept of respecting our in-laws. Because if we want our wife to love us, and our wife wants our husband to love us, then we really should be taking the means of that which brings about love. And our husbands love their parents, and our wives love their parents. So isn't it from increasing the love that your wife has or isn't looking after her parents from increasing the love that you would like from her? Yes, it is. And vice versa. And vice versa. And just remember that, you know, relationships and human beings, we interact with each other on an emotional level. Our interactions with each other are not based on some book that was written by 
some, somebody, somewhere. Women are from Mars and men are from Venus and so on and so forth. And although it does have good lessons, that practical lessons we can take, but in the real world, it's not textbook management, right? And in the same breath, our relationships are not like a bank account where one deposits, then the other deposits. And one withdraws, then the other withdraws, and so on and so forth. It's not like that. There's, it's based on emotion. So we need to be emotionally intelligent if those two words can fit together. Tayyib. So, alhamdulillah, we've defined what maintaining or what Silatul Arham means. Or we've defined what kinship refers to. Again, it refers to our relatives who are connected to us through lineage. Meaning, there's a blood connection and in terms of the extent of those relatives then it's all of them that society considers important all of them that the, that, that society considers it important to maintain uh, relationships or all of those people that society considers it important to maintain relationships with them طيب. now what does maintaining mean when we say maintaining bonds of kinship what does this term maintaining mean has the sharia explained to us what maintaining means well, we have a lovely definition by Imam al-Bukhari, rahmatullahi alayhi. And he says that silah or maintaining, maintaining refers to sharing with all those relatives that we just defined, all the goodness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you. Allahu Akbar. All the goodness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you. All the goodness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you. From your beneficial knowledge, from your da'wah, from your halal sustenance, from your good character, from your assistance in, during times of need and ease, if that's the abilities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you, from your dua, from your praise and acknowledgement, from your constructive criticism. All this is good abilities that Allah has given you. If you have these, then... It is from maintaining family relations that you practice these qualities with them. Is that clear? Subhana Rabbi al Many of us think it's just visiting them. It's just phoning them. It's just attending the invite. No, it's more than that. It refers to sharing with all of them. Within your capacity, of course. We're not saying now empty your bank balances too. Your... Your relatives, and I'm sure nobody even thought about that. But what we say in your capacity, share your goodness with them. And this is from the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again, let me remind you, what do we mean when we say the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We mean that when you share the goodness that Allah has given you with all those relatives that the sharia has told you to be good with, you are building your jannah in the process. Your palaces are being built. Your streams are being dug. Your forests are being planted. This is what it means. You're building your jannah in doing so. Don't take it as a trivial task and activity. No, it's not. By doing it with this understanding, this simple worldly task has become an ibadah. We've taken it from being an adah, a norm, and we've brought it into the realm of ibadah, a worship. And this is how we fit faith into a busy life, subhanAllah. We're already having tomorrow's discussion today. Alhamdulillah. So, this is what it is. That you understand that me getting in, from the time I get into my car to visit my relative, or to, make, to do something that constitutes maintaining this relation, Allah is rewarding me. My scales of good deeds is becoming heavier. Automatically. 
automatically Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Thus, we should rename it from maintaining bonds of kinship to what? To a Jannah building exercise. Isn't it worthy of being renamed? Or carrying this title? We name it what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has referred to it as. But now when we, when we call it a Jannah building exercise, who's going to think twice? Who's going to think twice? Are you with me? Yes, tayyib. Maintaining bonds of kinship of servants of Allah and all children of Adam also includes protecting all those relatives that we defined from all of your harm. Not some of your harm, all of your harm. From your backbiting and slander and jealousy and the evil eye and bad character and so on and so on and so forth. Is that clear? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Amin. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, with regards to what our sharia has taught us about Silatul Arham and maintaining bonds of kinship, then these are many, these lessons are many and established in the Quran and established in the authentic sunnah. And there are too many to mention in our gathering today. And, but what I would like for us to do, as we believe it is part of our sharia and part of Islam's instruction upon us, I want us at this particular juncture to ask ourselves a very important question. How are we with regards to our maintenance of those bonds of kinship in light of everything we've discussed today? How are we? Don't answer me, but answer yourself. Answer yourself. I want you to have an acute understanding about your relatives and how good you are to them or how bad you are to them. And benchmark it against everything that we've said before we move on. Okay? Because, my dear brothers and sisters, if we analyze families today, we see that these families fit in one of three categories. With regards to this topic of maintaining bonds of kinship, they fit within one of three categories of people or families. We have the first family, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from this family. And they are the family that lives without maintaining bonds of kinship. It is of no interest to them. They live a selfish life. And they disregard the instruction of the sharia. And this is a family and group of people that we should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every day to protect us from. Yes, because brothers and sisters, this is a group of people that have forgotten that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَلَا يَظُنُّ أَنَّهُمْ مَبْعُوثُونَ لِيَوْمٍ يَقُومُ النَّاسِ لِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ They are a people who have forgotten that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that do they not think, do they not think that they will die and be resurrected on a great and grave day. The day when all of mankind will stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This or this family 
My dear brothers and sisters, are a people who have forgotten that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said this. And we say to them, you have indeed also forgotten that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, as I mentioned in the ayah when we opened our talk together, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ الَّذِي تَسَاءَلُونَ بِهِ وَالْأَرْحَامِ And we hear this ayah every Jumu'ah. Every Jumu'ah. This is from the sunan of the Jumu'ah khutbah. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And fear Allah through whom you demand your mutual rights. And do not cut the relations of kinship of the womb, of lineage. They forget that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to be God conscious of Allah. And to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to our relatives. That if you want to attain taqwa in your life, then from the means of attaining taqwa is to do what? To maintain family relations, subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a group of people that have forgotten that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said this. And they have forgotten that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, وَآتِذِ الْقُرْبَى حَقَّهُ And give to your relatives, your kindred, they do. Give them, they haq, and give them, they do. And this is a group, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, who have forgotten that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَالَّذِينَ يَنْقُضُونَ عَهْدَ اللَّهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مِيثَاقِهِ وَيَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ وَيَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ يُوصَلَ وَيُفْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ أُولَئِكَ لَهُمُ اللَّعْنَةِ وَلَهُمْ سُوءُ الدَّارِ They forget that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, but those who break the covenant of Allah, after contracting it, they entered into a deal with Allah, and then they broke that deal. Allah says that after they break that deal, and sever that which Allah has ordered to be joined, and spread corruption on earth, for them is the curse. And they will have the worst home, meaning the hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Ameen. Ameen. These families and these people, my dear brothers and sisters, are those who forget that these bonds of kinship, these bonds of kinship, they actually sought protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from ever being broken. Do you know this? Do you know that these bonds of kinship actually asked Allah to protect them from being broken? And this is established in the Sahih. For Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the universe. And when he had finished, kinship stood up and said, kinship stood up and said, this is the standing up of one who seeks your protection from being broken and cut off. Allahu Akbar. Kinship stood up and said, Ya Allah, this is the standing of the one who seeks your protection. Kinship sought refuge in the creator of everything in creation. From what? From being broken. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Yes. 
Would it please you if I were to take care of those who take care of you? Allahu Akbar. And would it please you if I were to cut off those who cut you off? Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Allah is saying to kinship, will it please you if I cut off those who dissolve maintaining this, these relations with you? It said, of course, Ya Allah, it would, be, it would be pleasing to me. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, then your prayer is granted. La ilaha illallah. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he taught the sahaba this hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, recite if you wish. Recite if you wish. فَهَلْ عَسَيْتُمْ إِن تَوَلَّيْتُمْ أَن تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَتُقَطِّعُوا أَرْحَامَكُمْ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, recite if you wish the ayah in the Qur'an, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, would you then, if you were given the authority, do mischief in the land and cut your ties of kinship? Look at the, what... The importance the Sharia has given to these brothers and sisters. May Allah forgive us and protect us. And this is the first group. And we ask Allah's protection from being placed in this group of people. Ameen. Say Ameen. Ameen. Then we have the second group, brothers and sisters. And this second group consists of families that have a petty policy when it comes to maintaining family relations. They're not like the first group where they cut it in totality. They have a system of maintaining it, but they base this concept of maintaining their relationship with their family members based on pettiness. Based on pettiness. Based on the policy of if they visit me, then I'll visit them. So people are smiling. People are trying not to laugh, but it's coming out. Based on the policy of, if they spend on me, I will spend on them. Based on the policy of, I will see how much they gave my child on Eid, and then I will, I will give as well. Based on the policy of, when I came from Hajj, they didn't visit me, so I won't visit them. Based on the policy of, their daughter's getting married. Is that so? He didn't invite me. Wait, I'm going to fix him. I have three daughters. <laughs> He'll see. He'll live to regret this decision. Based on pettiness. We maintain relations, but not based on the system that the Sharia has cited. Based on whims and fancies. And based on the way of shaitan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Allahul musta'an. Really. Allahul Musta'an. And this sadly is rampant in society. People who only live to reciprocate. That's it. If they do, I will do. We only maintain ties when the other person does. And this group is a group that has forgotten that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said that the one who maintains a relationship with his relatives only because they maintain a relationship with him is not truly upholding the bonds of kinship. See, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa never left any stone unturned. 
There was nothing good except that He taught it to us and encouraged us towards it. And there was nothing evil except that He taught it to us and warned us against it. So they forget that Rasulullah wasallam said, and I will repeat, that the one who maintains a relationship with his relatives, only because they maintain a relationship with him, is not truly upholding those ties of kinship. Rather, the one who truly upholds those ties is the one who does so even if they break off relationships with him. Even when they break relationships with him. You see, Rasulullah wasallam is telling us that when they didn't invite you to their daughter's walima, and you have three daughters, say, I will invite him to all three. When he didn't visit you, when you came back from Hajj, you still go visit him when he comes back from Hajj. If they didn't respond to your salam, continue offering the salam to them. If they didn't give your children money on the day of Eid, continue giving their children money on the day of Eid. And so on and so forth. Do you see this brothers and sisters? Do you see this? This is what Rasulullah wasallam has taught us. This is what it is. I'm telling you facts that are rampant in society. I'm telling you facts that are rampant in society. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Right? 